1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Part two at our look of what needs to be changed around the Kansas City area with Dr. Jeremy Neely continues. He's a professor of history at Missouri State. Myself and Diane Houston asked Jeremy, What's next when it comes to renaming things in Kansas City? Well, the last time we kind of all got together, we talked about the Confederate statues and what's going on in our country with the taking down of Confederate statues. And and it's not just the removal of statues. It's now become the renaming of stuff. And Dr. Jeremy Neely, the professor of history at Missouri State, Diane Houston, local Kansas City historian, and we're, we're all talking about... What needs to be renamed in Kansas City? And, guys, and, and Dr. Neely, I'll start with you on this. Isn't it easier to talk about stuff that doesn't need to be renamed in Kansas City than <laughs> stuff that does need to be renamed in Kansas City? Uh,
0: that's well, on you, as Jerry. we talked
3: about before, there are so many people in the past that are problematic that we could find reasons to take their name off of something. Uh, but It's, yeah, it's a process that once you begin, you can begin to wonder, well, gosh, where do we stop? Is this the slippery slope in which we just rename everything? And I don't think it has to become that uh, because I think there are still some people we can find that are worth keeping those names on there. But you're right. We're we're having ourselves a moment where uh, everything seems to be up in the air. Yeah, it, it really
2: is. And, and and basic stuff, too. Like, who would have thought Johnson, Jackson, you know, are, are names that have to be looked at and considered when it comes to renaming things? Because I, I think if you ask the average citizen who Jackson County, Missouri is named after, mm-hmm. they don't know, it's just a common name, right? Johnson yeah. County, Missouri could there anything be more bland and more Kansas than the name Johnson and fit into, beige, <laughs> yes. you know, with Johnson County? I mean, as, as bland as it gets. And so yeah. you probably just think it's a very bland name and both of them are very bland names, but they really do hold historical significance. And if we're looking at what's go- going on in the country right now, we probably have to consider renaming both of those counties.
0: I hope well. you're right. I, I, I think a, <laughs> a, eh, eh. so, you know, I, I gotta, I'm going to, I, of course um, the, the pro of pissing people off in Kansas City, of, of renaming things or <laughs> stopping things from being renamed. But you know, and, and like, and I, I bring up Paseo because it's probably, it's obviously current that this is still going on. And you know, Paseo was a unique thing because it's uniquely Kansas City is what is, of course, and then also the way it was done. You can't just take stuff down without talking to the people like that are mm-hmm. directly affected. And I think that is a big, again, you have to have dialogue with people before you just start taking stuff down. And Mm -hmm. with Paseo, it wasn't about Martin Luther King, although nationally they made it that way. But it wasn't about Martin Luther King. It was about the Kansas City's conceptualized in our history with, uh, you know, our first grandest and uh, most beautiful boulevard in Kansas City. Um, Mm -hmm. So so I think that when you're looking at things like Jackson County and Johnson County and and there is history there. And most people, most people think they understand and they don't. Um, I, -hmm. you know, grew up in the area and I didn't know that much about, I never learned about Thomas Johnson in history Mm -hmm. class, you know? So Mm -hmm. I I think, was he a slave? And Thomas Johnson, of course, for those who may not know, was a a reverend who started the Shawnee Indian mission and essentially, uh, you know, kind of ripped them off. I'm not going to lie about that. And then also he was Mm -hmm. a prior slave owner. He brought slaves into Kansas, um, when Mm -hmm. Kansas was still a territory, um, you know, and, and it's like I say, it's part of the history. And in the in the end, I should say he also did side with the Union. Um, but he has a really, you know, a dicey history. But it, I, what figure in the 19th century that has a name didn't have a controversial, you know, piece in American history, especially in Kansas City. This is like the hotbed. This is like That you got your people from Tennessee, Virginia, and Kentucky on the Kansas or the Missouri side, and on the Kansas side you've got like the New Immigrant Aid Society. It couldn't be like a worse balance of power, um, all right here. And of course they're going to name things after the you know common people that were important of the day, and they're still important Mm -hmm. today. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think it's dicey.
3: (laughs) Well, I'm not going to try to dodge this question, but what I'll add is the the historical context that these names were disputed back when they were first bought many of them and we have come to take these names as um set in stone because they've, they've been uh, attached to these places for such a long time right. but but once upon a time in the 1850s and before in missouri um there there was a lot of give and take and there were names that got changed because um for example cass county missouri just south there of the triangle. Once upon a time, Cass County was was Van Buren County, named after former President Martin Van Buren. And in the 1840s, Van Buren was was running for president again, uh, but this time on behalf of a a new outfit, a third party that called itself the Free Soil Party. And, And Martin Van Buren's politics had changed, and he had come out against the expansion of slavery into the West. And when the folks in Van Buren County, Missouri, learned about this they, they weren't pleased and so they decided to take his name off of their county and to give it to the other guy who was running on behalf of the Democratic Party Lewis Cass from Michigan uh, to reflect their values. Um, you have county names in Kansas that get switched. Uh, Lyns County becomes Miami County yep and it's it's been something that has been in the news uh, at, at several points during our time. And I, I think that your point about process is well made, that it's something that requires good faith negotiation by um, an entire community. It can't be the kind of top-down thing that people impose um, that doesn't reflect what the larger community wants.
2: so if we're, if we're making you know a David Letterman style top 10 list of you know oh, names no. that are really like <laughs> insensitive, <laughs> bad, not good, good here in kansas city where are we starting who's number 10 and 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 who is number one ultimately on that list
3: oh, oh my god wow. are i'm you gonna talking? give this to diane first
0: oh, damn
1: it okay
0: <laughs> um, are you talking about like just in general, like names. Well,
2: I, I'm talking breeds, in general yeah. because I, I'm okay. talking about let's let's educate each other. On this. Okay. I mean, some of the stuff like Higginsville, Harrisonville, you know, Jackson, yeah. Johnson County, Johnson mm-hmm. Drive, obviously, you know, things of that nature. The J.C. Nichols Fountain, as we've been kind of talking about in Kansas City over and over again. So there seemingly is and are a lot of streets, towns, areas, cities, counties that are named for people that in 2020, quite honestly, are socially unacceptable now compared to where they were maybe in 1820 or 1920 or, you know, sometime in between?
0: Well, it depends on what side, you know, right now the the hotbed, of course, is the BLM movement. So um, if you're looking at former slave owners, I mean, like, Oh God, the list. So, I mean, in this area, the people who got streets named after them were Mm -hmm. the prominent people of society. They weren't the, the hill folk that just moved in that couldn't afford to buy a piece of land. These are the people that came with slaves. So you're going to have a lot of people with slaves in Jackson County Um, uh, it it was the hotbed of, uh, on the Western side of the Western border, it was the hotbed of activity. I would say if you kind of broaden your spectrum a little bit, I I think, um, like, well, I mean, there's Clay County, named for Henry Clay, owned over 50 slaves, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, Jackson County, obviously Jackson's name is attached to somebody with both. I mean, he couldn't have more against him. He's got mm-hmm. the Native American removal. He has, uh, he's got slavery attached to him. Um, I I would even maybe even argue a little bit about Johnson on the Kansas side. And I don't mean like, it, it, see that's where I get, eh, I, I have such a, I struggle because I understand why, why they were so important and, and why they need to some, some in some ways be revered. Um, I, he's on the list, though. I'm gonna say he's on the list. Um, Street-wise, we got. I mean, where do you want to start? Like, I, <laughs> I, Kansas City has a very. And, and as uh, Jeremy brought up, we did rename streets. There used to be a Marianne Street. Um, it was renamed um, in, I think, after she. Of course, after she died, and of course, they took the Woman street. I'm just saying, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, they don't take the. Du- they don't. Well, who take Mary Ann? Street.
2: Who's Mary Ann?
0: Mary Ann was Mary Ann. Uh, well. She was the niece of William Gillis, and she was the uh, wife, as she was married prior, but uh, the wife of Benoit Troost, who was the first um, resident physician of, of Kansas City, Missouri. Mm-hmm. And of course, Troost owned slaves. I'm not gonna, I, when people talk about renaming MLK, you know, from MLK to rename Troost, Troost Avenue, yes, he owned a lot of slaves, and Troost became a dividing line between black and white, rich and poor, and gets targeted a lot. And we're doing a, a pretty good job trying to take that, uh, try to build that community back up again because it was such a division in mm-hmm. Kansas City. Um, and it has nothing to do with truce. It just happened to fall on truce. That's the school board's fault, by the way. It's a whole different story. So when you, like truce was a slave owner, McGee was a slave owner, um, Mary Ann lost her street, but her husband, obviously his his surname is on a street. Um, you have Charlotte Street, she, she survived. Um, she was married to Campbell, Campbell street, all these, these names that we see in Kansas city that are highly recognizable. And I'm going to even go back further. Cause I like to pick on St. Louis. Yes. We have a history that is, as we've talked about, has stemmed from the growth of St. Louis in the fur trading. Right. And so on this side, we inherit some of these people that come over the, the French uh, Canadian fur trappers and traders end up in Kansas city. Um, and you know, we got the show toes mm-hmm. and I, I, God, right now, we have Traffic Trafficway, and St. Louis has got a lot of renaming to do, too, if we're going there. Right. Because Shoto Trafficway, and, and he was the founder, he's the father of Kansas City, if you will. Um, Chote, I mean, did they have slaves? Yes. But did he also come to the wilderness and establish a trading post that grew into Kansas City? Yes. You know? So I... I don't know. I mean, I'm just listing off things off the top of my head. I mean, we could be picking. I, I have a feeling and I said this to you guys before, kind of as a, a side note. I have a feeling the Chiefs are going to get picked on soon. I mean, we could even go current day because, right. I mean, where we've got, e- we've got a, a problem and a struggle and, and because of our history between Native Americans and enslavement in general that we have yet to really uh, grapple with. So I don't know. Jeremy, what do you think? I yeah, just Jeremy, think what, a bunch what, of what
2: what do you think about that? And and if it goes bigger statewide, I, I'd love to know yeah. statewide what what potentially needs to be and, and should be considered. You know, having a, a remake because
0: I didn't say it should be considered. By the way, <laughs> right. I said you asked me for what was controversial. I didn't right. say that. I was like, it's, that's my list. Trust me, but, that yeah, would not, that's not my it, list.
3: It's a big. It's a big question, and I. I I'm not, I'll confess, very good at being able to give you a ranking, although I do like lists and this sort of thing. Sure. Um, but I – and there are all kinds of places that I think are worth considering um, because we, in in many points, not been shy about deciding that here's a person, uh, local son or daughter, done good, that we believe they, they should have their name on something, whether it's uh, Harry Truman or Bruce R. Watkins or, or whomever. But I, I think one factor that we haven't considered – um, about in, in making the decision of these people to say or go is do these people change during their lifetimes? Uh, mm-hmm. Because we can hopefully see within our own lives the potential for people to correct mistakes that they've made and that people can evolve over time. And in the case of Henry Clay, yeah, he, he, he owns slaves. And so there's ample evidence to say that, you know, he he's not worthy of, of veneration. But Clay also began to recognize that slavery was incompatible with these Jeffersonian ideals of equality exactly. and everything and that slavery had no business spreading into the West. Um, I'm thinking right now about another one of Kansas City's so called fathers of, of Robert Van Horn.
0: Yeah. Who,
3: you know, he had his name on, on a couple of things once upon a time, but it sort of receded school. into memory. Yeah. Yeah oh, it's a school.
0: Yeah. That's like And
3: it's it's fascinating to me because he's one of the research projects I'm working on right now and he was a Big deal. He was the guy who got the bridge over the Missouri River. He, he's the yeah. one who helped to bring these railroads to town. Um, but his, his star waned. But on one hand, Robert Van Horn, good guy. He was instrumental in helping Kansas City grow and to become this metropolis. And he was good because uh, he, he fought on behalf of the United States. He saw that slavery was wrong. He wasn't a very active abolitionist. And so lots of good stuff. At that same time, however... Robert Van Horn made no apology for thinking that Native Americans should continue to be pushed out farther and farther west. And so he's one of these agents of further dispossession of, of all these tribes that had been squeezed into Kansas. And so yeah. another figure who's, who's complicated. And I, I, I think that we have to be willing to, to have these discussions um, one at a time, is my thought.
2: Where, yeah. where where do you, Jeremy, rank, like you you mentioned people change and they correct their mistakes. So when, when you're using that kind mm-hmm. of description, who, who are you talking about that maybe we're looking at that was like once a slave owner or was awful to Native Americans and then went, oh, wait a second here. I was wrong about that because I think throughout mm-hmm. all our lives, we've all you know, changed our thinking on whatever the topic of conversation is, whether it's sports related, whether it's mm-hmm. history related. I think we all grow and mature. Who are some of those folks that you, that, sure. that you have some stuff named for them that you look at and you go, man, they were awful creatures, but then they realized their ills and transformed <laughs> themselves and became better.
0: Uh, yeah, well, wow. uh, there,
3: there, are, there are several names that, that we could think of. Um, famous names associated with Missouri that people would, would recognize. Ulysses Grant. You know, he's got some stuff over in St. Louis named for him. Um, He had married into a family that owned slaves. And so you could look back and find one data point that says, aha, Ulysses Grant, once upon a time, had been part of a slave-owning family. Well, yes, they eventually manumitted and freed that enslaved person. And then Grant goes on to fight for the United States and to win the Civil War, the most important general, arguably, and then becomes president of the United States, who signs into law these path-breaking civil rights bills. And so I think Grant's political evolution um, tells us how people can grow. Uh, Abraham Lincoln uh, had not been an abolitionist. He was somebody who was sort of squishy and uncomfortable in talking about racial equality. Um, But then during the war, he he's pushed by Frederick Douglass and by other people that he needs to be more proactive. And, you know, kicking, not kicking and screaming, but he kind of drags his feet. uh, He becomes the great emancipator. And so those two, I think, are prominent examples. And Harry Truman. uh, Harry Truman, growing up in Jackson County, had lived in a place that I think we can all agree was pretty racist. Uh, It's Harry Truman, however, who is the president who takes the bold step to desegregate the U.S. Army. Uh, It's Harry Truman who insists that the Democratic Party needs to clean up its act on civil rights. And so... I, I think we can look around and find lots of examples.
0: I think that what you brought up about Harry Truman, I've seen him a little bit, I uh, say picked on, uh, and here in Kansas mm-hmm. City, we've got lots named after him, so that you, mm-hmm. you know, obviously mm-hmm. a target there. Um, but you know, they bring up some letters he wrote, um, and where he uses the N word, sure. and 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna take this one. I'm gonna take one for the team on this because I mean, nobody wants to talk about a racist relative. Okay. But, um, Mm -hmm. my great grandma who grew up in Kansas city and was pretty well-to-do family. Um, she, we have her, her diaries from 1917 and 1918. And, um, I inherited Mm -hmm. them and reading them. I mean, first of all, she's like a teenager. So they're real. It's just like you expect. Like she's not, she has a crush Mm -hmm. on everybody, everybody, you know, I mean, she, it's typical teenager, but in it in one part of it one sentence that she talks it, it was it's I'm not even going to explain exactly what it was but she overfilled the gas tank on a car and you can imagine this is 1917 1918 and they find an african american man who like i guess he must have sucked the gas back out of it to oh. to like and those aren't the words that she used i'm just going to say it that way my great grandma was I would say pretty, and I, I remember her a little bit was, a you know, I wouldn't consider her racist, but the the language that she used in there was, is not okay. Is it a product of the time? And I mean, especially in this area, probably. Uh, but so I see people targeting, and I bring up that story about my own family because I see people targeting Truman on some, a couple letters. Um, we're all faults, we, ha- we all have faults, we're all human. And I'm not saying it's okay that he said those things, but as you said, Jeremy, I think we have to look at things from a, a broader perspective of what good did those people do in their lifetime? Because I sure don't want anybody judging me from my teenagers. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Is it what, it's sure. not, oh, yeah. it's not pretty. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, you wanna make sure that uh, people are given a fair shot. And we, do, we leave things out of, of the history books for a lot of different reasons, um, so I, I think that you're right about that. I, there is a movement. Bob sent me this. I was I was like, I'm not even. I- I use choice words. I was like, you got to be kidding me. And it was about renaming St. Louis. Bob loves the idea. right? Bob? I think it's great. I think, <laughs> I think that, you're crazy. You know,
2: I think anything that we can do to, to change St. Louis is for the better because living there for three years, I mean, you, you do realize that there is, you know, a big difference between there and Kansas City and changing mm-hmm. the name of St. Louis if it represents somebody that is an unacceptable human being. Then we should maybe look into changing that culture. And, You're insane,
0: you know. I, here's here's what I gotta say about this. Uh, you talk about somebody. You had a bunch of French Canadians moving into uh, the St. Louis area, mm-hmm. and they get a land grant from the French and end up settling in the area in 1764 and establish that fur trading post. And they named them out of us. They named him after a Canonized St. Louis, Louis the, I think it's the ninth. Um, and mm-hmm. the guy, he, he fought in the Crusades. Like he was like a national hero in France, right? Crusades, guys, mm-hmm. I went to Sion, Notre Dame de Sion. Our mascot when I was at Sion was the Crusaders. It is not the Crusaders anymore. <laughs> it's the it's the Sion Storm. They changed their name because Crusaders. I mean, they killed people of other religions. They were fighting for Christianity for Catholicism. Is that a time period thing? Was he was Saint or say was Louis the Ninth against other religions? Yes. Did he kill Muslims and was he against you know the Jewish or the faith? Yes. Uh, again. It, product of his time we're talking about in the crusades and he was a national hero. He was the only canonized. I think he's the only canonized, um, uh, king. if I, if I remember correctly, uh, mm. but St. Louis and uh, no way, I'm sorry. I, I mean, th- that's <laughs> one I just got to go. And I know Bob and I like to, we, we, we like to grapple with the St. Louis, Kansas city thing all the time. Um, but like that's far, that's real far. I mean, if we if we go that far, then we have a lot of other cities we'd have to rename, too. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I don't know. It's, it's you know, it's an interesting uh, time period we live in. I'll say that.
2: Yeah,
3: Jeremy, where do you, where do you stand on that? Uh, the, I'd like for them to just start with the pizza and fix that. Yeah, I, I <laughs> would, too. <laughs> their pizza sucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. gross. You know what? I, I'm going to... I'm going to beg out of this one. I, I, yeah, we could find reason to go back uh, for whether it's St. Louis or um, goodness, uh, the, the Duke of York for whom mm-hmm. New York is named and, and lots of people, William Penn, a good guy. in, in many ways, namesake and proprietor of Pennsylvania. Um, I, th- there are people for whom I think the, the answer is easier. Uh, I'm, I'm not troubled by the recent turn against Christopher Columbus. Uh, the fact that he's he's having a historical reckoning uh, right now is not something that, that upsets me. Um, but I, I think that for some of these people, it's a, it's a more difficult conversation. I, I will chime in, sorry, on, on Diane's point about the high school uh, mascot. I, yeah. I graduated from a high school that has a problematic uh, Native American mascot that I will come out publicly right now and say it's time to ditch that. Um, but I fear this rural high school. I'm probably in the small minority there. What oh, high school probably. is that? Adrian High School. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah sure. Just, just, just down the highway.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, no doubt about it. So I, I, I think though, if Jeremy, you're the professor on all this and have yeah. studied this more so than, than me.
3: And Maybe maybe even more than Diane. I don't know
2: you Uh,
0: guys. Definitely more than me. I'm I'm, I'm an imposter. She's (laughs)
3: She's taught me so much about Kansas city history. I I, I defer to her. No doubt.
2: But, but if, if you're making, and, and not just for Kansas city or Missouri or St. Louis or wherever, but if you're making like a list of qualifications that we need to look at when we're considering these name changes, what would be on, uh, on your list if, if, you, if they say, Dr. Neely, professor of history at Missouri State, you have the, the grant or whatever you want to call it to come up with the guidelines that we as a nation are going to follow when it comes to renaming and changing names of things. What would you have in kind of that binder, that three ring binder to tell people what we need to be looking for and how when we go about name changes?
3: I think more important than, I mean, this is an awesome power that, you know, it's tempting to sort of seize that and go. Um, But I think what I would favor more than particular values to identifying people is that it should be a decision left to the people. Thank you. I think the whole Republican experiment rests upon this idea that the people have the ability to decide for themselves. and, And the naming of things is, it may seem small, it may just seem symbolic, but I think it's reflective. I, I could throw in my own two cents of um, did these people live in such a way that they reflect American values? And gosh, that's an open, ended thing. but, but values of, of equality of hard work uh, of generosity. Um, there are lots of, of values and virtues worthy of um, recognition, but I think it's in the eye of the beholder and the eyes of the beholder are, are constantly evolving. And I think that we should be willing to allow our names to reflect,
2: do you think we're headed towards a society where we have basically New York City, the corner of first and first, you know, 18th <laughs> and 47th? I mean, it, 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 is that where we are headed or do you think we will get to a point or, 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 or maybe we're at a point where... People will start to realize that you know not not all these people were bad a hundred percent of the time, and they did. There were some good things that were done that we should still be able to recognize. Or do you think that we're headed towards a numerical kind of grid system for everybody in
3: America now? No, I don't. I don't think we're going to throw out the baby with the bathwater. I don't expect that we'll see new names on everything. First of all, because uh, it's, it's expensive people, to rename. It's ex- Hello, it's, as you well know, it's expensive. Yes. Um, I think that we're going to continue, especially in the near term, have these sharp debates about keeping some of these problematic names. Um, Some of them will go, uh, and I suggest with reason, but I think a lot of them are going to stay. And I've I've got confidence in the people that they can figure this out, hopefully.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I I like the, the, the conversation. I spe- especially like that, at least during this movement recently, we've been in the, um, it, it's not just about African American history being ignored. It's also about Native American history being ignored. And that's mm-hmm. something in this, in this day and age and where we are here in Kansas City, especially have to look at. I mean, like I said, Platt County, Platt Purchase. Still, mm-hmm. you know, I mean mm-hmm. that it's all linked to the Native Americans, and I've seen even people. I think we, uh, you know, have to not ignore the idea that there's a call to rename the Cleveland Indians, and there's a call mm-hmm. to, you know, the Redskins, and then and then people say I, and people are like, "Hey, Diane, why hasn't anybody targeted the Chiefs lately?" I'm like, "Well, they're always being targeted, right?" Mm-hmm. However, the Chiefs, I, you know, Arrowhead, of course, the Chiefs aren't named after a tribe or a piece, they're named after H. Roll Bartle, who was known as the chief. And of course Mm -hmm. it was the prior mayor of Kansas city. He was the one who helped get the team here. Like, come on, let's get a team here. We're going to steal something from Texas because Texas doesn't need any, they concede just kidding. But -hmm. they, um, but when you look at the way that the chiefs were named, um, there's an argument there. And I, I, I know that, just wait for it if it hasn't already happened and it isn't already in the works that I'm, you know, I think that might be the next real big renaming that happens in this town at least. And I don't mean the, I mean the conversation, not the actual doing of. I don't think it'll be well supported though. That's my opinion. No,
3: I I think that's a conversation that's likely to happen. I I believe it's one that that could happen. I know that those who are uh, frustrated by the name um, also point back to the, the connection that, that Mayor Bartle had to the, um, scout camp, the Boy Scout right. camp down exactly. at, um, the Mikasay and the ways in which, uh, that, that camp and others sort of appropriated native culture uh, in a way that maybe wasn't quite as, um, uh, they didn't honor native culture in the way that maybe it intended to. I, I think that more likely before they consider the name change, we'll see, um, discussions about whether the team should continue to encourage the chop uh, and those sort of, sorts of behaviors. I mean,
0: we don't need the drums to keep doing the chop, so you got right. well, to convince 60,000 people to stop it. chopping. Well,
3: yeah, that's it. I don't know how that even even if the team doesn't, you know, condone it, does that then stop? And I I think that's a whole other question. Well, and I think when the when the chop
2: starts, I mean it starts because they're playing the music to lead the fans into the chop. And so if they just stop playing that music, maybe that just is the cue to get everybody, you know, kind of in that mindset to do the chop. If they just stop the music, then maybe the chop stops as well.
0: The chop stops. I, you know, I, I have friends, of my friend, dear friend Kristen Blunt, who, you know, I've been to Chiefs games with her, and she won't do the chop. I I get in the moment. I do the chop, you know? And, and I... It's I, hard
2: not to. I mean, you're, you're caught funny. up in it. it. You know, it's just... It yeah. sounds
0: cool and all of that. And you have people, and I want to say this, you have people from Native American um, on both sides of this issue, too. Mm-hmm. They're fans of the Chiefs, and they don't want to see anything change. And then you have the others are like... You gotta change this, I'm offended. And and we're in a very offensive culture. Because, you know, and I don't want to say, you know, we have the you know, the old idea of the Karens of the world or, or whatever that are going to complain and, and do. I, I don't know if this is necessarily a, an issue of, of whether you're complaining or not. It's being proactive and having these types of discussions that that, you know, acknowledge that even though you have two historians and a sports guy, we might not all agree on what would happen. So what's a compromise? And that's what history is kind of about is finding that balance and that compromise.
2: As you can see, there are still a lot of questions and not a lot of answers, but hopefully sooner rather than later, we get answers to all of our questions. I hope you enjoyed our two-part conversation with Dr. Jeremy Neely, the professor of history at Missouri State University.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,